For the longest time, I have admired and envied best friends on television, especially best female friends. Lucy and Ethel, Leslie Nope and Ann Perkins, Abby and Alana, Mary and Rhoda. All my life, I wanted a Mary to my Rhoda. I know that I'm Rhoda, by the way, because I'm a natural brunette with a sardonic attitude and an A-plus rock. And I've had so many wonderful friends throughout my life, but TV friendships seem to promise something different. Something more intense and endlessly supportive, like sisters without the suspicion that mom loves the other more. As a kid with an imaginary friend who lived in the plum tree in her front yard, yeah, I was that fucked up, I spent a lot of time watching TV and falling in love with these kinds of friendships as I fantasized about being a hot girl in the city with a friendship that verged on codependency. But that's just it. These kinds of relationships aren't real, and some of these incredibly close relationships wind up getting in the way of the characters as individuals. The third and criminally final season of Shrill showed us that in the last episode as both Annie and Fran self-sabotaged their romantic relationships and wondered in the end if they were just using one another as a crutch so they didn't have to grow up. I found this incredibly poignant and realistic, while also infuriating because I want the show to go on forever, especially considering in the first season, I found Fran to be almost annoyingly supportive, as if she had no thoughts, wishes, desires of her own. It felt like she'd take a bullet for Annie and die with a smile on her face like, that's okay, I did it for my best girl, Pearl. Ouch, I'm dying, Lilas. <laughs> She's British, and that was actually like a really good British accent, so <laughs> you're welcome, Hollywood. Hire me anytime. Anyway, this made me realize that this actually realistic conundrum in a friendship is rarely seen. Friendships grow and shift and evolve, but we don't really see that on TV. These friendships are so sweet, but they tend to be as unrealistic as rom-coms. Oh, sorry, I um, chewed on my own um, disillusionment. These rom-coms definitely made me think that I had to convince a moody, tortured genius to love me. Oh, Ethan Hawke is Troy Dyer. You were both a bad boyfriend and a bad friend. And with that in mind, not every single best friendship on television is a good example of friendship. Not every supporting character is actually supportive. So what do we do about those strange characters and those bad relationships? And before anyone gets prickly about this topic or thinks, oh my god, I'm Stephanie's friend, is she fucking dissing me? I am not. I'll have you know that I originally asked my guest today if she was interested in talking about uncomfortable female characters in honor of her first short film, An Uncomfortable Woman. She'd been thinking of bad best friend characters, in other words, friends of the main character who managed to bring out the worst in the person they are supposed to be supporting, and I loved that idea. I had never really thought about it before, but it's true. As I've long obsessed with the trope of the overly perfect and supportive best friend, I've wondered if those tropes gave me the unrealistic views of female friendship that sometimes hindered me. I often felt bad about myself. Something must be wrong with me that there isn't a Laverne to my Shirley. If anything, most of my friendships were chill or eclectic with friends who do their own thing while being supportive. But what about a friend that sometimes brings out the worst in you? What about an enabling friend? A troublemaking friend? A Julian to my Ricky? That's a Trailer Park Boys reference, and I can relate to that. We've all had at least one of those in our lives. It's practically a rite of passage. That feels very realistic, and it feels like something that rarely gets a spotlight, probably because it's uncomfortable. 
there aren't guidebooks to friendships. There aren't really advice columns or podcasts helping people navigate rough patches in friendships. Those times that you think all your friends are mad at you because they won't call you back or they don't like your tweets anymore or they called you a bitch to your face. Whatever it is, it feels to me like we are expected to wade through any kind of friendship problems on instinct when almost no relationship is 100% instinctual because, hello, more than one person is involved. I read recently that we view romantic relationships as impermanent, saying that all things must come to an end, you know, like we're on like a, some kind of home goods plaque. But we do not have the same view of friendships, which is why a friendship breakup can be more painful than a romantic one. A bad friend can be harder to disentangle yourself from. And worse yet, it can be way more complicated to love your friend and think they're a good person, but realize that the two of you have just outgrown each other, or you're in an unhealthy friendship, or you need boundaries. Ugh, boundaries. Because we don't really talk about those things in friendships. Not really. It's supposed to feel fun and easy and free, and usually it does, but nothing ever does to me. And it's a relationship, like any other kind. And sometimes it's not supportive. And that is why I'm so excited to talk about the idea of bad friends in TV shows and movies. What a unique topic. Oh my God. My guest today is an actually supportive friend of mine, Megan Ross. She's a comedian and filmmaker in Austin, and she has made two amazing films, An Uncomfortable Women and If You Ever Hurt My Daughter, I Swear to God I'll Let Her Navigate Her Own Emotional Growth, which features John Hamm. You know, the guy who played Donathan Draper? Him. Ham. Zop. Sorry, improv instincts kicked in. See, those are instinctual. Megan is a wonderful person. She's a wonderful friend. This is her idea for a topic, and I couldn't be more excited to talk to her. So let's get into it. All right. Megan Ross is here with us today. And Megan, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so, so excited. Um, I did reach out to you and ask you if you wanted to talk about, you know, like maybe bad female characters, like female antiheroes or something like that, and um, uncomfortable female characters. And then you came up with this bad female friendships, these bad supporting characters. And I lost my mind because I was, I've one, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And two, like we mm -hmm. don't, we don't really talk about that in real life. So we don't see it very often on TV, I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when you said that, that made me think of like the fact that we don't really necessarily see those friendships in scripted television as much or like they're not really like addressed as like toxic or bad friendships. They're just like, these are these two buddies, like even Princess Diaries. I'm like, her best friend was really unsupportive when she became a princess. Like there, there's been moments where it's like, you keep turning on each other where you're like, you're the bad one. No, uh, you're the bad one. Right. But, um, but like in terms of unscripted, which is kind of also scripted real housewives, mm. I feel like are the ultimate, um, is the ultimate portrayal of like toxic female friendships because they're all like in love with each other one second and like fierce enemies the next. And, <laughs> and it's like, it's manipulated by the producers and Andy Cohen. And so we're led to believe that like, women can't have healthy friendships when you can it's just that we're like we kind of brush the flaws under the rug a lot of times right um, and we i feel like there's not an emphasis on 
like talking something out sometimes the way that you would mm-hmm. other kinds of relationships like mm-hmm. you know even you know your romantic relationships familial relationships even your coworkers i feel like mm-hmm. you know you set boundaries you talk you, you talk mm-hmm. about like that kind of that hurt my feelings you, you let it all out and kind of hash it again and whenever we do see that i feel like it's all within a one episode uh, you know contained storyline and it's not mm-hmm. like I mean, the the exception I thought of immediately when when you said that, I thought of Insecure. I don't know if you saw uh, Insecure mm-hmm. recently, but they did a whole uh, season where Molly and Issa, who are best friends the whole time, are just suddenly mm-hmm. falling out. And it, mm-hmm. it, you're kind of left at the end just being like, I hope they can salvage this again. Uh, and that felt so relatable. And I know that I read that Issa Rae had had like two friendship breakups and that's what she was mm. basing that off of because she had never seen that on TV or in movies before. That blew my yeah. freaking mind. Yeah, yeah, that happens so much. Like that has happened to me at every stage in my like womanhood or whatever, mm-hmm. girlhood to womanhood. Like it happened to me with my elementary school best friend when I when we went to different high schools. It happened to me with high school best friends when we went to college happened to me with like college best friends when we graduated like you know so I think it's harder also when you're living in different cities but I've had those breakups but no one calls them breakups it's just like a falling out and there's not like a clear lot like it's not like we like you know relationships where you have like clear breakups where it's like we're not seeing each other anymore it just like dissolves and no one addresses it and then you're like do I need to revisit this or does is this just completely like a part of the past and never to be salvaged again. Yeah. It's like we, we think that like a romantic relationship is supposed to end, but friendships Mm -hmm. are supposed to be like instinctual. But like you're saying, I mean, things change and you fade in and out. The, I had, Mm. I had such a, I had a friendship breakup when I was in junior high and it was the only time in my life. I mean, it was like a literal breakup. She told me she had moved to a different city. So she wanted Mm. to have a whole fresh, clean start. And, Mm -hmm. um, so she told me she didn't want to be a friend anymore. And it was all over AOL chat. Mm. And I remember saying back to her, I was like, um, you're not supposed to break up with a friend. You let it fade away. <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm just like yeah. Put put that in the aim profile. That's deep poetry, right? right that's there. that's my log off, my signature, brb. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then she ended up moving back after a while. So then she went to our school oh, again and acted like that never happened. It would like chat me again and just be like, "Hey, so did you hear that me and Dan are dating?" <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, Picking yeah. things up. Yeah, I think there's, uh, I, I read Big Friendship by Ann Friedman and Amina Toso, um, the Call Your Girlfriend um, podcast host. And they talk about how like you do need to treat your friendships like your other relationships and that like you have to put work in it into mm-hmm. them. And there's like certain layers of friend friendships where there's some that are more passive than others. And those are kind of like more become like more acquaintances over time versus the ones you're like investing time in and and like checking in with um but I definitely I I feel like I've experienced that a lot and like as an adult it's just so weird I did I like did Bumble BFF like when I moved to Austin shortly after it was so weird um so basically it's it's like a regular dating app except you're just (laughs) searching for friends it's so funny and weird um did you meet any friends I, I did I met like I got kind of lucky in the beginning where I got 
match with a bunch of other girls who matched with each other, woman, woman. Mm. And so um, one of them organized a group hang and was like, instead of us doing all these weird, awkward one-on-one dates, let's like meet up like all six, seven of us and hang. And it was delightful. And I ended up hanging out one-on-one with a couple of them um, a few times after that, but it was, you know what it was? It was like, it almost was like um, when you start dating someone in the early stages and you're all like we were all smitten with each other because we're like the newness of a new friendship and and everyone seems so cool and brought different things to the table but then like I had like a falling out with one of them because um it was awkward because like she she brought a friend to my comedy show who dated a who used to date a a like an abuser in the comedy scene and I like revealed that I had heard rumors about him Mm -hmm. and I guess it wasn't my place to say that because they were like more committed to um loyal to him versus like the woman in the in the comedy (laughs) scene that have been like you know reporting on these things for years and so that was awkward yeah 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 so it was an uncomfortable and I I can't even remember it I remember I over I like apologized profusely it hit me so hard because like I'm in a long-term relationship. I haven't had that, those like early dating mm-hmm. moments in a long time. So I internalized it and oh. like, o- like overanalyzed her texts. I dedicated like a therapy session to this, like, oh, no. like it, it was like very intense because yes. I just felt so much guilt, even though at the end of the day, I was like, I'm not going to defend an abuser. Like, no. I'm not going to be chill about that. You know, it was, it was such a weird situation, but it's funny because um, we still follow each other on all this social media. And so it's like, I'm seeing them all get married and have babies. (laughs) I'm like, Hey guys. I mean, congrats. It's like, it's like you're seeing what could have been had you like stuck around and been in like a real friend group with all of them. Like, wow, we could have all been each other's maids of honor. Like, Oh my God. It was, I feel like we were trying to recreate like our own, like, you know, uh, college roommates who lived on the same floor moment, but we were all in her our, our late twenties and early thirties, and like that's just not like you can't really map that oh like my God, friendship of convenience. Yeah, and also that's like there's so much excitement when you're that young, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and then when you're trying to make friends, and you know, I don't know, I guess your thirties, you're just like yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of other stuff to do. I got to yeah. like, pencil a friend in. It really sucks. Yeah. It's really hard to make adult friends, which I know is like not a novel concept. I'm, I'm not yeah. breaking ground here. But it really is. It's crazy that it, it is, is really just hard. like it's it does. And it does feel like dating. Whereas when you were in college and things were just proximity or mm-hmm. early jobs or whatever, it, you, I feel like yeah. I didn't even think about it. I feel like I made friends like left and right. And now I feel yeah. like awkward to ask somebody that I want to get to know to be like, do you want to, um, I don't know, it would be like crazy if we yeah. got a drink non-sexually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then even maintaining, cause it's like, I've learned to be pretty decent at those one off. Like when, when new people come to town, we were just talking about how like everyone's moving to Austin and like, I'll have, um, mutual friends from other States are like, I know one person in Austin, it's Megan, you go hang out. And so I've gone on all these, like, first time in Austin friend dates, but it's really also hard to maintain. Cause then I'm like, I see them thriving. Like they go off and just, (laughs) and so I'm like, should I check in with them? Do they need anything? Like I, I, I have kind of a lot of acquaintances from different Mm -hmm. groups versus just 
just from comedy like it was in New York or just from school like it was in college. Now it's like you meet people from like various um, various sources. And so it's kind of like harder to maintain those yeah. when it's not like fucking boys, boy meets world and we're all meeting at high school, like <laughs> school every day. I mean, that's another thing. I feel like when I, I watched obviously so much TV growing up, hashtag lonely mm-hmm. girl. And I, yeah. hashtag latchkey kids. <laughs> yes. <I was> one. <laughs> hashtag the babysitter got fired for using all of our spices <laughs> and inviting over a friend who used a knife on us. <laughs> it was weird. Um, oh. Oh my God. I, I hope Julie's okay wherever you are. Yeah, it was just our babysitter had a psycho friend that she kept inviting over, and I finally told my parents, and they were like, oh, whoa, she's fired. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that happens. Um, Got the house to yourself. Yeah, it was pretty rad, you know, coloring, watching Boy Meets World. It's, you know, pretty <laughs> sick. But I would see these, like, a teenage and adult friendships, and I watched again a lot of like old sitcoms. Would be like some Laverne and Shirley, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And yes, I'd be like, yeah, same. I can't wait. I can't wait to be an adult and have these amazing yeah. like ride or die friends. And we're getting into antics. Mm-hmm. We're getting fired from the same job. You know, we're eating all the chocolate yes. in the factory. Um, we're switching places to go on each other's dates. You know, all these kinds of things. Yes. That when I actually became an adult, was just like, it was almost it was almost like I, I felt the way about adult friends that. I think a lot of people feel about like rom-coms, you know, where it's like I have these unrealistic, crazy expectations and not realizing like, oh yeah, no, everyone's like busy and has other friends and um, Mm -hmm. they're not going to like, you know, do all that, like take a bullet for me essentially. Um, Yeah. Which is why like when you, when you, when you suggested unsupportive supporting characters, I, that really, really hit me because I was thinking like, I spent so much time like loving those kinds of like idealistic Mm -hmm. friendships that it it took me a second to even like think of the friendships in in tv shows or movies that weren't like that and when you brought up jane and daria of daria Mm -hmm. i i like i thought about it for a second i'm like yeah i can think of a couple episodes where i remember even thinking at the time like jane why are you jealous of daria why are you mad at daria Mm -hmm. um although to be fair daria did date jane's ex yeah, there's a lot of drama there. And like, I will say this as a fierce, you know, Daria and Jane stan. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up on Daria. I had like magnets and like uh, stationery from from <sighs> Afterthoughts was a store in like this Jer- New Jersey mall. I remember that Afterthoughts. Anymore. Yeah, it was like yes. a Claire's knockoff. It was like a Claire's knockoff. Yeah. And so I loved Daria and Jane. And that also I thought like that's what high school friendships will look like. Just being bitter and like hating everything. <laughs> But the part, like, and and I related to that a lot. I was but, gonna say, but, I like, feel like that is, and that it did end up being the actual friendships I had in high school. It was just, like, yeah. Let's just stand on the side and make fun of everyone we don't like. You know exactly. Yeah. And and you know, even though we're the ones being bullied, we're yes. so much better than them. And also, like, they're probably standing the over hand. there being like, "Why are those girls kind of mean to us?" <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Sorry. Everyone's everyone's the bully, mm-hmm. just like that Thirty Rock episode. <laughs> um, but uh. Jane and Daria are interesting because like even though they're there's they're fun to watch because because they're like these outsiders that are just critiquing all the other tropes of the characters and you know in high school, the popular people, the jocks, um, the like good students, but they kind of bring out the worst in each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I rewatched an episode where like, yeah, Jane joined the track team because she was wanted to go after a guy. And then like just that one change of routine for them their friendship like dissolved in like an episode it like resolved itself because it was an episode but um like they just were at each other's necks about it 
because Daria was like, why are you doing this? You're not a track star. Jane was actually really good at track, but she was really doing it for this guy who ended up being a dud. I wish and that she had that, and, quit track. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, I, and that, when I wa- look, look at, at old episodes, I'm like, Jane looks so much like... Um, what's her name uh annie clark from saint vincent oh so i yeah. keep like imagining like her trying to be like a jock um <laughs> or like what how different her life maybe was in high school because you see these like rock stars that were actually like really norm core in their youth um but yeah jane and Daria kind of like and you know everyone you can google and they'll people will be like the best friendship there ever was jane and daria but they were they had their moments i immediately thought of the episode also it's funny that it was like jane joining track which i would have loved to see you know a full season where daria has to acclimate to going to track meets or like hanging out less maybe she even meets like another friend to make up for the time yeah you know it's kind of that's another i feel like we don't talk about like there's almost like a polyamory to friendships you know like oh yeah it's like similar where it's like another if you put all your eggs in one friend basket that person's not gonna they're not gonna meet all your needs you know yeah um but i thought of the episode when you said that uh, when uh jane dates a guy who's into swing music and oh, God, she, yeah. he goes full swing revival for an entire episode. And similarly, Daria's like, wow, we can't be friends anymore because you like swing. Um. Yeah, that happens so many times. It's like Jane meets the guy who's into this weird thing. And Daria's like, that's not cool to me. Like that lifestyle. Yeah, that's so funny. I feel like there's it's like that reminds me of the Sex and the City episode that um uh, Carrie dates a guy who's really into jazz. Yes. It's like, what's up with these guys who are like really into one type of music and that's their entire identity. I, I, I love it because it is relatable. It, I was going to say is. like the guy I lost my V card was like also really into jazz and it's like, okay, be into other things. I don't I know. Mean, or like, I, I dated a guy who only listened to acapella and it was charming until he turned it on to make out and i thought this twin bed and this acapella life is not going to be for me yeah by that time you can only have so much so much pentatonics while (laughs) you're trying to have foreplay like that i had had enough yeah and i found my limit of pentatonics that i can handle yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i had to walk you're like i can't listen to umbrellas by rihanna one more damn time (laughs) Um, without like music in the background it's also crazy to me i mean it's total aside and you know this guy's you know great normal whatever he's never gonna listen to this i don't even know him anymore <laughs> but uh it's crazy to me to be so into acapella and not sing that is a unique oh yeah that is pretty oh, weird that's a unique characteristic you know yeah so, hollywood get at me i'll write a character uh but yeah it's, that's you know that's something there's a lot there a yeah lot there there's a lot. I want to see that character date someone who's really into ballet, but has never danced. <laughs> has never danced. How will they ever get together? Okay, we're writing I, a romantic comedy. We're writing it. Sorry. We're doing it. Sorry. Um, yeah, that was, but it's the, the Jane and Daria one is so funny to me in particular because if anyone has never seen the cartoon Daria, is great. Um, mm-hmm. Look may, it up. Yeah, maybe it's on. It's on Paramount now. You can which, check it like, out Paramount Plus. Good luck getting yeah <laughs> i have the dvds but no dvd player so i'm like no. this is useless to me now <laughs> it's like an artifact in my home how will i ever crush on trent without the dvd player mm. I, I i have to to this day but um i loved a cartoon crush that was a man with a pointy jaw 
Yes, he has a very sharp jaw. Sharp jaw. Um, but and great voice. Great, great voice. Sexy, grainy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect for rocking out to yeah. Stone Temple Pilots or whatever. Oh, Daria. What was the Twisted Circle or something? I don't remember. Twisted Sister. I don't remember. Six Sad World. Yeah, I don't remember. The show. It was like the OG TMZ or something. Six Sad World. Yeah. Honestly, Six Sad World is like what all the podcasts I listen to are now, which are just like, can you believe this crazy weird story about this Florida? It's yeah. just Florida man stuff, but you know. Yeah. Um, um, but Daria is the one that actually did shitty stuff, you know, like, uh, like I yeah. said, like dating, dating Tom, when she dated Tom, who used to date Jane mm-hmm. and then she ends up dating him. They did for a long time. And I feel like Jane does let out that jealousy. Um, mm-hmm. and then they, they work through it and are fine. But that, that was something that I'm like, well, that's real. That's like a real thing that happens and a real yeah. thing that people go yeah. through. Um, and it, yeah. it was kind of cool that they, I guess that they work through it but that felt like something that could have been again another like if this was insecure that's another season arc you know Mm -hmm. yeah that yeah because I think they dedicated I know they had that like made for tv movie version like is it college is it fall yet or something they did too and that yeah and they explored like her dating Tom and Jane dealing with it um but I do remember like I I did a search of that episode recently and it was like someone wrote like an article like in defense of Tom and a oh, lot God. of Daria I know does he that need was a someone's defense? Hills with I, I don't know um I just I know that like a lot of Daria fans didn't like that move because they were like this would never happen to Jane and Daria they wouldn't let a man come between them but like they had multiple times mm-hmm. throughout seasons and also like as heterosexual woman, like that happens. Like so there much. are men who come between friendships. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can think of a handful, you know, just in yeah. my, in my twenties of like what witnessing like um, this kind of like jealousy or like, he's not good enough for you. And then, mm-hmm. and then like that, that puts strain on the friendship. And, or if you're in yeah, like a happens. small community. I mean, like when I was like in my very, very, very early twenties doing improv, Everyone dated mm-hmm. each other. And yes. uh, it, it's something that now I look back on and I'm like, oh, that is kind of strange. Like, I'm I'm sure that yeah. there were moments of being strange. I did have a friend tell me that it was weird when the girl he was dating who had dated a really good friend of his. But it's not like that's how they knew each other. And I think that was part mm-hmm. of the key is everyone just knew each other from improv. So it wasn't like, yeah. oh, wait, but you're, you know, Tom's ex-girlfriend. I can't. Uh. Yeah. Um, it's like you're the girl on Laugh House Riot or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could have thought oh, of a better improv names. team. I name. I like totally space. That was a really bad improv team. I mean, name. that feels like a that feels like a very like. 2000 and the and you know we're we're going off of 90s 2000 shows yeah. that feels like a show a, a title that would be in, like a dated show where like a, a MTV's made goes to uh film like someone who needs more self-confidence and Laugh House Riot is like the headlining troupe yeah okay that now that real. now that you said it I was like okay that does feel real yeah yeah what if yeah someone should do a maid where they just want to be in an improv team um, yeah, and they still get rejected because they're just they're just, yeah. not, they're just not good enough for Harold Knight. That's no, never it. they never make it. That's <laughs> that would be very real. That'd be really real. But people would all do it, and I remember this guy being like, "Yeah, it was only weird when she started talking about um, sex with him. Like she told me some sex story, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh wait, I don't want to know how my friend has sex with my girlfriend.' Yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that's." That's a really weird thing to bring up. That's I, I almost feel like she did it just to see if he'd get jealous just or like turned on. Just to be crazy. 
Yeah. Do you want to know like all of your friends moves in the bedroom? Just so I imagine she thinks that all like male friends want to have sex with each other because that Oh yeah, that maybe. vibe happens a lot in the improv community. Oh yeah, it feels like every every warm up is just an excuse to touch each other, mm. or it did yeah, it did, you know in, yeah. in 2011 or whenever. Not yeah, I was gonna myself. say these very pre COVID times. <laughs> pre-COVID Can you imagine times. touching touching each other in yeah, groups? I could never in a in a windowless room for hours. I thank God for object work. You know, I don't have to actually yes. touch anything. Um, yes. <laughs> but you you had also mentioned my so-called life uh, mm-hmm. having unsupportive supporting characters and I'm yeah. I have not seen all of that show so I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if you wanted to um just kind of go off on what you mean by that. Yeah. I'll go off. I think about this friendship so much. Um so we're talking about Angela Chase mm-hmm. and Rayanne Graff. And so the pilot episode you see basically like Angela going fully into this friendship with Rand Graff. She's left her like safe um, friendship behind, which is, um, uh, oh gosh, I had it pulled up. What's her name? It's like a really like norm core, like cottage house, Sharon Chersky. Cottage Sharon house. Sharon Chersky. Sharon just, she owns a little cottage. She's wearing floral. Yeah. yeah. She's a cheerleader. She's great. She's got a perfect life. And so like Angela, basically the season kick- kicks off with her deciding like, I don't want to be the safer. It's very much like Freaks and Geeks, yes, where um, yes. I'm for, I'm forgetting the, the main character again, but like her choosing to be friends with the freaks instead of the geeks, essentially. Um, the act I, I'm forgetting her name. The actress in Scooby Doo. Um, she's in many other things. Sarah too. Michelle Gellar. Uh, no, hold <laughs> the on, other this one. is gonna bother me. <laughs> God, yeah, why, why can't I remember her name, too? She's got dark eyes. Um, I see. Oh, Lindsay, Lin, Linda, Linda Cardellini, who plays Lindsay Weir. Yeah. Yeah, Linda. <laughs> Linda. And, and and she basically dishes, like, her nerdy friend um, to, like, become friends with, like, Kim Kelly and all them. But basically, that's what Angela does. Rayanne Graff is, like, edgy. Like, she's, like, your bad influence friend. Like, <laughs> classic bad influence friend. Like, she's going to get you into the parties like fuck grades we're skipping class we're we're obsessed about boys like jordan catalano um which is played by what's his name jared, jared, leto. jared leto famed cult leader jared leto famed cult leader um I, my favorite storyline is he can't read <laughs> um he's a high school student who can't read he's just beautiful but he, he can't made read. it that far on looks and you could yeah. do that in the 90s that's something people don't understand yeah yeah is it couldn't like Beast from Beauty and the Beast? He couldn't read either. And like yes. Belle like loves books. And it's like, oh my God, how are they gonna be together? Yeah. Um and it was because he was so, hot, yeah. and then he had to develop a personality, which meant reading. Yeah, yeah. You need to know how to read if you want a personality. It's it's a sad <laughs> truth. I was like the opposite, like as a kid, I didn't have the looks, but I love to read. Yeah. I, I was like ingesting those books as soon as books and tv yeah um spent so but, uh, much time walking to the library because it took a oh, long time so it took up yes. most of my summers when i had nothing to do i would just walk to the library just sit there and read a bunch of books on other countries mm-hmm. i was a nerd and wow. then i would walk i know then i would like walk back and like think about the knowledge about sri lanka i just learned um wow. and then just watch tv all night damn that sounds exciting i was just like binging beverly cleary books like i was mm. I was just like, I want it more female friendships for me. Yes. But um Ryan Graff is like a really bad influence on her. Um, but they're like tight. I think that friendship is tested a lot. There's mm. also like, you know, boys come between them, of course, classic 90s storyline. 
Um, and if I remember correctly, there's a scene that's like imprinted in my brain. Cause this happened to me, um, in middle school where, uh, um, Rayanne ends up making out with Jordan Catalano after Angela and him were like fizzled out or maybe still dating. Like, but like Angela was in love with Jordan. Like that was like her whole goal in the oh. season, like find herself and then also maybe lose her V card. And um Rayanne, yeah, the best friend making out with the boyfriend or ex or love or whatever. That happened it is. to you? Yeah, my so I've had so many bad toxic friendship, female friendships, but one one of my best friends for for like eight years of my life um made out with my best guy friend mm. uh when they were drunk in like eighth grade. Um and it broke me so hard. I remember when I found out like on the phone, like on an actual phone call, I put my all American reject CD in my Sony CD player and just listened to that all night and cried myself to sleep. He's gay now, which makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. for um, the men I was attracted to at that age. And I'm, I'm friends with him still. Um, I don't know if I ever, I think I told him like I had a huge crush on him, Yeah. but um that that like betrayal by the best friend going for that crush mm. or boyfriend or whatever mm-hmm. is like, ooh, that that hit hard. And it's I think that's so why hard. like that and that's again, that's like a young me. thing, which I guess is why it's like perfect that it's teenagers, because I feel like you do yeah. get to a point where you're like, wait, should I stop being shitty or something <laughs> or, yeah, or opposite yeah. where you're like, maybe like I should tell someone that bothers me. Yeah, but that is my, like so high school, so college. I have this friend in college that yeah. my freshman friend. She, any guy I liked, she would swoop in and like then come up to me and be like, oh my God, did you tell Tyler about me? Because he and I were hanging out last night and we have so much in common. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I guess. And then they would just start dating. And then she did it again at a party where everyone was trying to set me up with this one guy. And she like swooped in and starts talking to him. And then I proud of myself for this I fi- I finally told her I was like dude do you know you're doing that like do you know this is like the wow. third guy <laughs> and yeah I'm like you're hot and cool I'm shy I'm trying like can you stop yeah and then she's like oh my god I had no idea and she stopped um and we're still friends so mm. I guess maybe that's I'm nice. kind of realizing now that you have to tell people how you feel <laughs> yeah I, well that's the other piece of it it's like our, well, I think in that scenario, she genuinely did not know how uh, um, yeah. you felt and like right. was not aware. Whereas like Rayanne, that was kind of like intentional. Like she mm-hmm. knew how her friend. So it's like there's a like. But she was so swept up in horniness. Yes. Which is Which, why it's like, a young We thing. get it. Yeah. We got the hormones pumping. Like, oh, my God. I'm sure if I was in her position, I'd be like scooping the boys into my basket as well if, if i could sm- but I, I smell that axe body spray and i say you come yeah. over here you mix with my bath and body works cucumber melon you oh know? Mm. that let that scent just swell Ooh, around let's get a oh good my god mixture going in my bedroom and my parents will never know yeah i'll light a yankee candle and we'll really get down to business <laughs> or incense which is what my sister like who was like 18 of the 90s oh would god. would light when guys came over um it's actually seductive it's like bitch i smell like a catholic church come in here yeah i know it's Mm. like is there gonna be some communion later (laughs) well i got red wine but we're gonna start with the christ yum yeah (laughs) i'll show you a body oh my god i have Um, to go to confession that's not crucified Um, oh boy. horniness aside, yeah, Rayanne Graff was such a bad influence, but they did an episode where you see, um, her home life and she's got like a single mom 
who's like really eccentric, like kind of wild, like every night's a party. And you're like, oh, she has no stability at home. Like, this is why she is like this. And like Angela's mom is like this perfect Bess Armstrong plays her. She's like this perfect, like mom haircut, like sweet, angelic woman. And, um, and so Angela has that stability. She has that, like that grounding. Whereas like Rayanne is the way she is because of like, how she was raised and so she she's just like every night's a party like my oh, mom is yeah. like serving me and my best friend cocktails as soon as we come home from school oh that's oh my god i mean that's a that's a fun cool mom but that's a fun cool mom that, that's gonna that's but gonna like, fuck with you yeah it's gonna fuck with yeah you. it's gonna come back in therapy yeah um <laughs> but the oh but the isn't that always thing, the way though when you meet someone's like family yeah. and you're just like oh, god damn it okay now i see uh, you're yeah, a whole person I, now i can't be mad at you yeah because yeah, i'm like <laughs> you were brought into this world this way so uh the actress who plays Rayanne Graff um I'm looking up her AJ Langer Mm -hmm. she's like that not like that at all in person even though like I just see like she played that character so well and she's now like a countess like she's married to some like Dutch royalty or something and lives in a castle last time I I googled her (laughs) last time I called Um, her (laughs) yeah yeah we were on the phone last time I got a carrier Um, pigeon from the countess Yes. That, that is counted. crazy. Yeah. I I hope she's happy because I feel like no one that marries into royalty is happy. Yeah. I think they were it, like from what I read, I think it was like a People magazine mm. article. I, I, it seemed like they were like had been together for a long time. Oh. Like like she is like a real like, you know, I have more faith in their marriage. Hopefully they're still together. Then um, the countess, the first countess I was introduced to, to Luann of Real oh. Housewives of New York, who mm. is not with her count. Um, <laughs> a countess without yes. a count. That's a love story. I just confirmed they are still together. Quick Google Thank search. Thank God. Thank um, God. Because I, I would feel really bad if she listened to this podcast. Like I'm going to tag, tag her. Please tag her. Please do. Please, countess, please give us yeah. money. Um, yeah. I also, side note, just would not marry into royalty. I know that makes me unique and oh, special, yeah. but nope. I wouldn't either. Me. Not for me. Nope. No, know, I don't even know if I'd marry a celebrity's kid. Yeah, no, I think that you're going to be dealing with like some, I want, I want like, I like, it's like, don't, give me someone with no connections, mm-hmm. uh, with no like baggage of like I need to live up to some yeah. royal expectation or maybe my no dad's parents. yeah 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 an or give me an orphan <laughs> give me an orphan <laughs> give me a middle class orphan who yes. now enjoys um doing financial stuff yes and is in therapy <laughs> to work through what very the little orphan stuff. like yeah, damage yeah, yeah. The or- just the orphan stuff yeah yeah just general general orphan yeah you gotta you gotta work through that somehow um yeah. okay dream man alert um dream man if you're listening <laughs> and you're not a count no counts <laughs> no counts here um yeah. i to to go back to the unsupportive character stuff i also thought of have you ever seen trailer park boys Oh, I've been recommended that show a bunch. And I can't, I feel like it's just like sat in my queue, but it's three guys, right? Yeah, it's three and guys, it's- but there's two of them in particular that are like the best friends that always get into trouble. Mm. And I, I watched it so long ago and I recently rewatched it at like the second season where they get out of jail and then instantly mm-hmm. one of them was like, okay, I got an illegal scheme for us to like make money again. Mm. And that is it also, since I just rewatched it, I was thinking of that because it's like, 
Oh, yeah. Like, this guy, one of them was trying to get out, trying to be good. And the other one, like, yeah. brought out the worst in him and legally get, going back to jail and doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show is, like, they're supposed to be best friends, you know? Even though the one, the mm-hmm. one is so explicitly over and over and over again fucking over the other. Um, but it's, like, yeah. part of it, part of the comedy. And watching it now, I was like, mm-hmm. this is so enabling and mean. <laughs> and yeah. It's still really funny. But it is just, like, kind of horrifying to watch someone just encourage all of the worst habits in them and their friend, you know? Yeah. Um, and... That is also something that I think that everyone has to go through. I mean, there's there's like the toxic friend and then there's like the person that is constantly enabling you and that is fun, yeah. but you evolve past it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Friend, I've learned about, so there's like three types of friendships. We're saying, oh talking my God. about I can't this wait book, to Here this. to Make Friends. Okay. So that is definitely a friendship of pleasure. A friendship um, of pleasure. Yeah. Because there, there's like friendships of Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I can't wait. Let me find. I like bookmarked the page because I'm like, I need to remember this. But there, yeah, I'll I'll find it later. But basically, it's like there's friendships of quality. Mm. No, there's like friendships that like work for you where, oh, here it is. So we've got friendships of utility. So these are like the networking type friendships. I feel like there's a lot of these in comedy and film where you're like, Mm -hmm. what, how can we, how, what, how can I like suck? the like, you know, connections out of you or like a vampire. It's like, what, what, how can you benefit me in my career? Oh yeah. So those are friendships of utility where you're like, I mean, they can be good positive too, where it's like, oh, you help me out with my project. I'll help you out with yours. Right. And maybe you support um, each other's, I guess, work, but it's almost like just having a coworker. Yeah. I, I realize I'm like in the pandemic, there were people that I was in touch with monthly for my show. And once mm. that ended, I was like, oh, that, like looking back, I'm like, that's a friendship of utility because yeah. we had the show that brought us together, but like nothing else was like connecting us to hang out beyond beyond that, really. Yeah. Um, and then there's friendships of pleasure, which I I like that's a totally Angela and uh mm. and uh what's it Rayanne graph where it's like you're this is the fun friend, she's gonna lead me into like danger constantly yeah. and it's like trouble the, the page and alex storyline in degrassi when she like just briefly mm. became best friends with that girl and then also dated her um yeah but it was the bad girl so suddenly it's like Paige was partying Paige was getting yeah. bad grades all that kind of stuff yeah she's having fun didn't was didn't wasn't there an episode like Paige tried e ecstasy <laughs> and like so. she, like it was like a crazy episode like they made it seem like you will die and all of your friends will hate you if you try this little If you try candy. this one drug that makes you dance really good for an hour, yeah, <laughs> your life will be ruined. Yeah. Sorry. That was I remember that was like intense. Um and then there's friendships of the good which is kind of like the ideal friendship where it's just like it's your it's your kind of soulmate so they're like Thelma and Louise. Mm-hmm. I love this they give they give an example the cast of Entourage, and I'm like, those seem like friendships of utility. <laughs> those definitely seem like friendships of utility. <laughs> yeah, because they're like in one, in they say Entourage, and then they're like, and the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and Beaches, and I'm like, okay, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, not at all. They should have said Fast and the Furious because it's like they're more like family, you know? Yes, that's exactly. a good quality friendship. More like family. That's- quality yeah or the sopranos it's like the, yes. your, your family yeah we're, well although then again is it utility because they're on the mob 
True. It's weird, right? Well, you can also Intersect. have friendships that, that are in both categories that or all three. That makes sense. It's like, yeah, yeah, you have these three and they kind of, some are like in both or, or all three, which yeah. is like ide- ideal if they hit all three. They're, yeah. I similarly went through that in the in the pandemic because you do realize like how many people I guess were just like acquaintances and acquaint- there's, there's yeah. a place for that too. But I think I also, I mm. had to like work through that because I was just like, oh, where same. are all these friends, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, and it just kind of like reignited a lot of like old, you know, issues and stuff. And I remember my therapist was like, you know, mostly, you know, thinking about community as in like people I knew in my sphere, which is like, the, you know, a comedy scene, a comedy world. And she's mm-hmm. like, they're your coworkers, you know? And yeah. that's exactly what mm-hmm. she meant. It was like friends of utility. And it's like, you, you get along with your coworkers, but when you stop doing a job, you usually just kind of maintain one or two of those friendships. And that yep. blew my mind. That completely yeah. helped me contextualize everything. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? huge. That's yeah. that's something I realized too. I, I, Steph, I was going through the same shit mm-hmm. early on in the pandemic because I had this like routine of the people I saw and talked to all the time. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, it was like, no, like we had nothing pulling us together. And yeah. you sort of, I like had to make peace with it where I'm like, yeah, it, it, they are like coworkers. And, yeah. and I was super tight with some coworkers. And then I left that, you know, you leave jobs and maybe you talk to them once in a while, maybe you ran into them in like shared settings right. or whatever, but, but like, it's okay to not always have like the same level of communication or or like what you think is friendship yeah. at all times during your life like yeah, there's like some that high. kind of like <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly it's like you're not going to maintain you're not you're not page and just like constantly shoving the the friendship ecstasy down your throat and like always at this you're level right. like some like you said fade away and you got to and some like yeah yeah, yeah. oh i you, i ugh, i had like mind. I know, so real, many feelings. Real, so real many growth, feelings. Uh, real growth in therapy during the pandemic. <laughs> right, around, I feel like we're both talking area. about this after being like, okay, I've clearly talked about this a lot. Um, yeah. In therapies. Uh, are there are there some like TV? This will be my final question. Are there mm. any like TV um, friendships that you think of as like I don't want to say ideal, but like almost like goals? You know, where you're like, now that mm-hmm. to me is a healthy good dynamic and yes i know these are all fictional but (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah let me think um i'm trying to think of shows that like i binged in in quarantine that felt like like our place or no our place oh my god the good place our place Mm, is a fucking kitchen line (laughs) you you can tell the instagram ads have like embedded into my brain during the pandemic um (laughs) our place felt like a i didn't know that i felt like a mr rogers for adults it's like coming in our place yeah yeah it's just oh yeah that sounds delightful yeah yes both work um the good place even though like um chidi and i and kirsten whatever her name is the main character dated and that's like okay that always happens in a friend group but mm-hmm. they they were so different and they but they all all felt so like good at the end to each other and like loyal mm-hmm. and i think a lot of scripted shows will write care best friends that are supposed to fit like puzzle pieces yeah and when you see friendships that are actually very like come from like very different places, very different people that also work together. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels like the most, it's like unlikely heroes, unlikely friendships, essentially. Yeah. yeah. 
Definitely. Um, and they come together uh, in different ways. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Shit's Creek, mm-hmm. the um, – I'm, I'm not going to forget all their names because it's been so long since I actually I watched, was but... thinking of these uh, – I was thinking of Stevie and um, Stevie. Dan Levy's character, David, of course. Yes. Right? Yeah, you David. David, okay. yeah. David of you, David yes. fame. Um, I was thinking of their, their friendship because, like, they – you know, they like you said, they seem a little unlikely. They – they do disagree yeah. on things. They also had that thing where they were like after the same guy. Um, mm-hmm. But it just was, like Jane and Daria. Yeah. Full circle. <laughs> but it was all like they still get along. They have each other's backs. They have different interests. They yeah. Have, they have other lives. Um, they come together yeah. and they're there for each other. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think when you can see friendships of love, like where, like and, and that happens, I think, a lot when it's not like these people are forced to be friends because there's no other options. Uh, which I guess the good place and Schitt's Creek is a little bit like that. Cause it's like, <laughs> is there no one else in this weird town? I guess you're but, right. Um, there is no one else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like desert Island friends, Yeah, but it, there's like a lot of genuine care there. Um, yeah. the, and like you see conflict between those characters and you see them resolve it in like very human and adult ways. And yeah. that like empathy, I think is huge. I think you need to, it's like, if I walked into Rayanne Graff's mom's apartment, like immediately, like empathy has to wash over you because you're like, oh, you, this is why you're so damaged. Yeah. Um, you do, you kind of like had like barely a fighting chance to to like come out of this um, and not be kind of like a wild child. Um, so I think empathy is huge. Knowing, understanding where people come from, their lived experiences respecting boundaries, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff That's once cool. everyone gets into therapy yeah. and, and has uh, <laughs> healthy relationships with their family. And <laughs> oh, my God. Th- I mean, that's all. those are all words to live by. Thank you. Mm. That was that was beautiful. Put it on a pillow. Said. I put all of it on a pillow. Put this whole podcast on a yeah, pillow. Yeah, that a whole huge, ramble. It's a body pillow, but it is something we can hold. Sell it at home goods. <laughs> Trying to get that merch. Uh, Megan, thank you so yeah. much for talking to us today. Um, where can the people find you? Um, you know, mm. not, obviously not at your house, but you know, where else yes. can the people find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Megan R. Ross. So that's M E G. H-A-N-R-R-O-S-S. And so I do a bi-weekly um, Instagram live series called No One Asks For This, where each week, each every other week now, I host an uh, or I interview an expert uh, and or community leader about a social injustice in the world that no one asked for <laughs> while I perform an activity at an average to below average skill level that no one asked for. And so that was born during the pandemic. And I did episodes up until the election and then took a a break and then reignited it because shit's still messy as hell in Texas. So <laughs> I get I get on live and complain about stuff. And at the end, I have like bath bombs and it's oh, nice. Beautiful. So. Yeah. Be- yeah. Beautiful day. Beautiful time. But uh, yeah, everyone check that out. Um, check out Megan's work. And you can also um, find your films on your website, right? Or... Yeah. So if you go to MeganRRoss.com, my last two New Yorker shorts are on there. An Uncomfortable Woman, just the trailer is live where... Um, I'm in the middle of like music licensing to get that oh. uh, premiered publicly because we just went through like the virtual <laughs> film festival circuit. It's like a whole nice. thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for talking to us today. And thanks for uh, having me. Be a good friend, everybody. Yeah, be a good friend. Otherwise, you can do it. Friendships fade away. <laughs> like Stephanie Weber, age 12. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> AFI rules. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs>